Hebrews chapter number 12 tonight, and if you weren't in here this morning, you were in the back, perhaps in junior church or uh, serving in some other area, Uh, we were in Hebrews chapter number uh, uh, 12, dealing with a focused uh, race, uh, being with our theme, refocusing uh, and looking unto Jesus, uh, the author and finisher of our faith that we're going to read here in our text. Uh, I thought it appropriate and and led to speak on that uh, topic. Uh, and I want to continue this tonight and, and really kind of, I need to make, I guess, one a kind of follow-up, uh, a few comments uh, on follow-up this, uh, this evening uh, from this morning, and then one kind of main thought as we continue through these verses. But I want to uh, read again Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1 and 2. You can remain seated as we read our text uh, from Hebrews 12. The Bible says, Wherefore? Seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse number three, for consider him then endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message tonight. And again, our business meeting to follow, Lord, please. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. Uh, So we talked about the fact that we're running a race. Uh, You're in that race, regardless if you want to be or not. Uh, I, uh, I communicated to the church for the very first time that I don't like running, uh, and I probably have said that uh, many times before. Uh, and, uh, but in the right race that we run, spiritually speaking, I can't opt out of it. Uh, I'm in it just as you are. And then God lays out some expectations for us to run that race. Uh, we're to, God also describes it as striving uh, in other places, the analogies of sport, Uh, being placed in there, Uh, we're to strive lawfully, we're to run that race that we may obtain, uh, the Bible says in uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, and we touched on that. Uh, We can't go through this life in our Christian race uh, just to to finish uh, in the sense of uh, like getting the t-shirt. We want to finish well, Uh, like the Apostle Paul, he had his course, you have your course, I have my course. There are similarities in that uh, it is always the will of God to do the will of God, And things that the Apostle Paul, that God expected of him, God expects that also of me and expects that of you. But we all have a different purpose and plan that is separate. And as I stand before God, either by rapture or rupture is the statement, I want God to be pleased with my life. So I'm going to run that race. I'm going to be in it. The phrase in it to win it comes to mind. I want to run uh, and I want to win. I don't want to get into anything. Uh, really, I don't want to play a board game if, if, I, if I'm just going to play it to play it. I want to win it. Uh, and, all right? Uh, I, don't wanna, I just don't want to get involved in anything that I'm not going to give my best effort. So then I pose the question, uh, are you in uh, running shape uh, or have you let yourself go? Uh, and what I meant by that was uh, not being uh, fit uh, for that race because we've been negligent to the things that God wants us to be giving attention to as we do that. So uh, our spiritual fitness, and we can get all that analogy and continue that tonight, but we want to have a short message. But that in a nutshell is what we discussed, that we need to run that race intentionally. 
And to do so, uh, it's going to take focus. Uh, we have to know what God wants us to do and then get about that, staying on course and not being distracted, which we'll talk about uh, at length in several messages here uh, coming up. Uh, but it takes training. Uh, and we, of course, we finished off a little bit with some comments about coaching. Uh, the difference is uh, also between uh, what is a weight and what is a sin. I said every sin is a weight, but not, uh, but not every weight is a sin. And what I wanted to clarify about that for a moment is what I said uh, that, uh, that uh, what's, what's a weight to me uh, might not be a, a weight to you. What sin is sin. If it's in the Word of God, we shouldn't do it. Uh, you don't get a pass on sin. It always irks me when somebody says, I do that and uh, I, don't, I don't get any conviction. Well, uh, that's a terrible uh, admission to make. Uh, if it's a sin in the Bible and you do it and you have no Holy Spirit conviction, uh, don't brag about that. Uh, don't, don't bring that up. That's something to be ashamed about, if anything, uh, but just don't, just don't say those things. But what I also hear uh, from Christians, and I've heard it my entire life uh, as a saved person, uh, and that is, that is this. Hey, um, <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with that. Um, why don't you come? Uh, why, you know, th- there's nothing in the Bible about that, and what they're doing is this. Uh, remember, what's, what's a weight to me might not be a weight for you. Uh, never try to convince somebody who, is, who has a standard in their life uh, where they have removed weights or they're giving attention to their race that they're running. Never convince somebody to do otherwise. Uh, it's, it is a good thing uh, if they're giving attention to that. So uh, I use the, the analogy or the illustration of working a job uh, because that's uh, something that we uh, can all relate to. So someone might, uh, you know, it's, again, it is perfectly uh, biblical and right to work. God wants us to work. Uh, and uh, so working is not a sin unless uh, you are, uh, your line of work is sinful, all right? Uh, like, uh, like I could own a gas station, but it would go out of business because I wouldn't sell alcohol in it. Uh, somebody has said, uh, why don't you start a restaurant? I'd go broke because I wouldn't get a liquor license. Uh, and uh, so there are things that you can do uh, as now, even with that analogy, there are a lot of Christians who don't think it's, it's wrong or that it's a sin to drink. Uh, but uh, let's take, you know, things that are sins uh, are sins. Uh, but if you're working uh, and, uh, and in working, that job, your career uh, has become a weight, a hindrance to what God would have you to do. Uh, for example, if he's called you to do something else, uh, then you should do that. And so that w- is a weight. And um, in some weights, even though the weight itself is not sinful, are you following me? Um, it can become sinful. A, a weight can become sinful. Uh, for example, for him that knoweth to do good and doeth not to him, it is sin. So if the Holy Spirit of God is bringing conviction to you about uh, working your job or your job is getting in, in the way of what he's calling you to do, you better do business with God and remove that weight and make sure that you're obeying the Lord. Uh, but, uh, but someone might say, well, I'm not going to work overtime. And then you'll say, well, why not? Uh, because I, I want to be available for soul winning. Well, that's dumb. Um, there's nothing wrong with working and making a buck. Are you following me? So then somebody will convince them to go ahead and work that overtime, uh, and then they sin against their conscience because that's not what God and the jobs await to them. Uh, it, so it might not be, a, you might not have a problem 
uh, with working overtime because your job is not a weight to you. But somebody else's might be. So when someone takes a stand, whatever it is, I'm not going to get into standards and convictions and all the kind of preferences and those types of things, uh, but, uh, but what there's things in my life that I've removed that you might have in your life and vice versa. Uh, but it's not your job uh, to, or my job to convince you uh, to sin against your conscience with some weight that you've removed. Uh, somebody, somebody can, uh, you know, using the sports analogy, uh, there are people who could probably down, you know, a 72-ounce porterhouse and then, uh, and then, and then run uh, 15 miles or whatever. More power to them. Uh, but, uh, but I can't do that. But, I, but, but I'm going to say to them, you know, it's, and, and try to convince them or whatever. That's not, it's not my position, their position. So we need to, in, in one respect, there's a great part about this in coaching one another where I believe as Christians we ought to hold each other accountable. Uh, but don't give anybody a difficult time if they have a standard uh, that you don't have because it is something that they have set up in their life in order to keep the convictions they believe to be biblical. Uh, and so uh, just, you know, if you don't agree with it, uh, just that's fine. Uh, and also, uh, there are times where we can have those preferences, those, those stands, those removing a weight, uh, and we can have that as unto the Lord uh, and our, uh, unto ourselves and before the Lord, uh, and we don't have to go out there and bash everybody else up with, with our holy standard. Are you following me? Yeah. So it goes both ways on that. Uh, but uh, I'm tired, I really am, uh, of people who, uh, who, who give grief uh, to other Christian brothers and sisters uh, because they have a standard uh, that... Uh, that uh, that they don't think is sinful because there's, there's standards and rules and guidelines you set up in your life uh, that in and of themselves, um, you know, uh, it's, it is completely fine and it's okay uh, and don't worry about that. So I wanted to clarify that. Uh, moving, removing sins and removing weights. Some weights are not sins. Some weights can become sins. And just because it's a weight to me, it might not be a weight to you. Uh, and, uh, and you just ought to pray for me. Uh, it's like, well, uh, you know, uh, that might not be something that I agree with. Uh, but if that's going to help Pastor Reno uh, in his personal walk with the Lord, praise the Lord. Uh, and then uh, we do the godly thing by giving deference to those things with one another, preferring one another above ourselves. Uh, and, and so you might not have the same position, but we read the same Bible. Uh, and in those things, because you love me or because I love you, uh, we, give, we give deference and preference uh, to each other uh, in those moments. So the Bible says that we're to remove every weight, uh, those things that would keep us uh, or knock us off course or keep us from running our race that would hinder us. Uh, and the analogy, of course, with sport and running uh, is very clear in there. And so my question and challenge to you was uh, to ask, um, what are some weights? Uh, what are some things that are getting in the way uh, of me running my race? Uh, 90, 90-day uh, Bible challenge. It's a tough one. Uh, and uh, and you, can, you can do that and participate. We've got quite a few people that are on there, but there's a, quite a few people that aren't. But I guarantee you this, um, there's probably some weights uh, in your life that you can remove in, in order to do that. Uh, and, uh, and so if you just cut down on some things, <coughs> perhaps... <clears throat> your uh, television viewing and other things, you can find some space uh, in order to do that. 
Let's go on to my one main point, and then we'll be done here tonight. The Bible says this in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, We are to keep our eyes on Him, not on uh, the difficulties and the obstacles. Uh, The idea is uh, keeping our eye on the prize. Uh, under Jesus, uh, Him being our end in mind goal, and uh, and uh, and picturing that as we as we begin to fatigue uh, as a Christian uh, running that race, as we uh, we we endure uh, the difficulties. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, here's my here's my thought. I want you to take away quickly tonight. Uh, there are a lot of Christians, and I've said this in preaching many, many times, uh, they <clears throat> believe that, um, and they sincerely believe this, that they don't owe God anything. Uh, they understand from Scripture, their takeaway is that Jesus has saved them, uh, and they are accepted in the Beloved. And, and by the way, I read about this every day uh, as, I, as I follow things and uh, different preachers and whatnot, uh, that... Um, uh, you're accepted in the beloved, uh, and that you don't have to do anything. Uh, never mind the Bible says to do righteousness, etc. Here's another one. Just jump ahead. I don't want to chase this rabbit too far, but I will chase it just uh, for a second. Look at verse number uh, 13 of, of, of Hebrews chapter number 12. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Notice what it says, verse 14. Follow peace with all men. Um, that's really the battle cry of a lot of uh, preachers today is that we've gotta, we have to follow after peace. We need to be peacemakers uh, and uh, follow, after, follow after peace with all men. Uh, and, uh, but the Bible also says to follow holiness. It says follow after peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It's talking about the, uh, the, uh, the fellowship and the communion, uh, the, the secret, if you will, of, of that fellowship with Him uh, that you need both. So, but, but we've even, there are preachers today who are redefining what holiness is. Now, they'll say that holiness is something that God gives you. Now, He does. He gives us righteousness. But the Bible commands us to be holy. So, personal holiness is still a biblical position, still a biblical doctrine that we're to do. Uh, but, but when you follow the line of reasoning that you just need to be accepted uh, in, in, uh, in the beloved uh, in that you're not required to, to do anything or whatever, there's not a Baptist preacher alive that I know uh, personally uh, that preaches a work salvation. We don't preach that. Uh, but we do because we are saved uh, in the Bible, but, we're, but now we're redefining holiness. And then back into those verses, uh, the people who say, well, I don't owe God anything, uh, what they mean is, is that I'm not trying to work uh, for grace. I'm not trying to merit God's love for me. God loves me, but my fellowship hinges on obedience to God's word and uh, my walk with him. And so I'm going to, just for one second, <clears throat> I'm going to relent <coughs> to the argument. I'm just going to say, all right, don't worry about it. You're accepted in the beloved. Uh, don't worry about doing righteousness or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and I don't want you to be motivated uh, by fear uh, is what they would say. You're just afraid of what God's going to do to you if you don't perform. Uh, but one person's performance-based religion is just another person's obedience. So just for one second, just forget what I just said. We're going to look at it from another angle. Here's the angle. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But then look at verse 3. For consider him 
that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Now, you don't got to be a rocket scientist to figure out what these verses are saying. The Bible says when you run your race and, the, and, and <clears throat> you set aside those weights and those sins, and when you begin to faint, when you begin to quit, the Bible says then you consider him... Uh, who endured such contradiction of sinners, lest ye be worried and faint. And then it says this, ye have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. All right, so here's the practical takeaway from that. Uh, when I'm running my race and uh, I've got this besetting sin or, a, uh, or some type of a, <clears throat> uh, a weakness or a weight uh, that is there, uh, or I'm just tired, um, here's what that application is. Um, I'm not going to do it uh, because I owe God anything. But I'm going to consider what He did for me. Amen. I'm going to consider Him <clears throat> lest I be wearied and faint. And so as I decide, well, I'm going to quit, I, I might remind myself, hey, Bob Reno, you've never resisted under blood. You, you've never gone through what Jesus had gone through. When I begin to faint in my, uh, my own mind, I, I think about the contradiction of sinners that he himself took on. I think about the cross of Calvary. Uh, when I think about, oh, well, uh, Christian life is just really hard. I'm going to quit. The Holy Spirit of God reminds me, Jesus didn't quit. He didn't, he didn't you know, uh, uh, say, uh, now he was like, a, he was 100% man. He said, Lord, your will be done. He is God in the flesh. But he endured the cross. He endured the shame. He was my substitute. I think about all the harassment. I think about, I think about this, all that he was blamed for doing. Uh, the contradiction, uh, as it speaks about here uh, in these verses, the contradiction of sinners against himself. Think about how many times Jesus was accused of things that he didn't do. Oh, you know, I'm just sick and tired. Uh, you guys just don't know. Uh, you're just trying to live for God, and, uh, and uh, somebody's got to give you a hard time. Uh, and I just, I just consider him. Uh, and then when I begin to consider all that Jesus Christ has done for me and the contradiction that he endured and the shame that he endured uh, and, uh, and the fact that I have myself have not resisted uh, against blood and striven uh, against sin, uh, then it makes uh, taking one more step in my race possible. And so the disconnect that some of these preachers have and some of these Christians have uh, is that I don't, I don't do what I do as a Christian because I feel like uh, I'm afraid of God or whatever. God loves me and I love Him. Uh, but I just consider every single day what He went through for me. Uh, and, uh, and, and when I process that in my mind, and I just don't know what, uh, what else they're doing. It's like, okay, Jesus died for you and He saved you or whatever. Praise the Lord. Uh, and uh, now you're just going to just willy-nilly go through life and run a race. I, I just And I just... Uh, to me, it, it's akin to, if I use the race analogy uh, in the bear claws and all the stuff I mentioned uh, today. Uh, and uh, how many of you like bear claws, by the way? They're pretty good. Uh, don't stop eating bear claws uh, unless you're uh, training for a marathon or something. Don't do that. Uh, but, uh, but I just, like somebody who is, like, here's the race, but you're just disengaged. Uh, you are, you don't really care. Uh, you know, it's not about, it's not about anything. This kind of just, um, there's no looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, because when you look to that, you know you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account for yourself. Uh, and and I, just don't, I just don't understand that kind of reasoning. So when somebody says, you know what, 
Uh, you know, you don't owe you don't owe God anything. His gift was free to you, uh, and you're not working yourself to heaven. You say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm not working myself to heaven. I know that that's not even in the Bible. I don't even know why you're mentioning that. Uh, but would you just consider for a moment what Jesus has done for you? Uh, and because uh, and, that's what I'm talking about. He endured. Uh, and, uh, and so when I just want to give up and quit or do my own thing or get off the course, the purpose that God has, I'm in a race. He set me. That's my purpose and plan. That's yours, by the way. Uh, that, that's his plan for you. You have a course. You have a race. Uh, and you can get distracted. You can think you don't need to run it. Uh, in, in the moment, the very moment you think that, I just want you to consider him and consider what he has gone through. And there's nothing, uh, there's no obstacle in your life <coughs> that is so big, so difficult. There's nothing that you're going to go through. Your Christian life uh, and, uh, and living it uh, is not near as hard uh, as it was for your Savior. And he did that for you. The least I could do is live my life for him uh, as a bondservant uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, I know that there is a, uh, a, a cloud of witnesses, that God himself is watching me run that race, uh, that, uh, that hall of faith that we read about in chapter number 11. They're all watching. Uh, and, uh, and those who've been uh, saved, et cetera, uh, in heaven, they're watching that uh, believers uh, are watching me run my race. It's a public spectacle. Uh, I, I see that uh, the ungodly and unsaved and those around me and uh, that people watch, and, and I pointed out by illustration that there are people who are watching you. You don't even know it. And all of those are pretty good motivators. Uh, and uh, when you think about the eyes of, the, uh, of them being, in fact, uh, after the service, Brother Hanson had talked about one of those races, and he said, he said they had like a, it was like a, a, a magic a band uh, for one of the Disney races, and, and you could go in and log in and, and find yourself along that trail, and Big Brother and all the cameras, and while you'd be barfing over on the side because you, uh, you're so tired, man, they got, they got you, they're watching you. And, uh, and, uh, and when you know that kind of pressure's on, you, know, you, you kind of want to perform. And, 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 and that might be a negative reinforcement to you, but it's also positive to me, uh, and that helps us get through. And there's a lot of motivators, uh, but the greatest motivator of all is Jesus. And when we look to what he has done, that helps us to endure hardness as a good soldier, to stay focused uh, on his plan uh, and, to, and to endure it to him who has called us to be soldiers, uh, to think about him uh, and consider him. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, when, you pull out, when you pull out the consider him card uh, to some progressive uh, uh, blabbermouth about, uh, you know, you don't want to live. Uh, it's just like, uh, they just don't want, bo- bottom line is they don't want to obey the word of God. Uh, and, uh, and you're just, uh, all you do is just scared into uh, performance for him. No, I'm running a race. I'm, and I'm running the race for him and for me. Uh, and, it's my, and it's that race, and I want to do well. Uh, I don't want to just kind of just limp through life and just get by. I want to run. I want to run strong. I want to finish my, my course finish, and finish strong uh, before the Lord. Uh, and so off goes those weights and those sins, those things that will stop me from doing that. Sometimes those things aren't inherently sinful. They're just not going to get me to that place that I want to be. Is that going to help you run your race? Well, no, it isn't. Uh, it's not bad, Pastor. Uh, I know, but it's not helping you run your race. You might want to consider just setting that aside. It's not important in the grand scheme uh, because when you stand before God, uh, it's, you're going to think it's kind of silly 
when you held on to some besetting sin or some type of a weight uh, that hindered you uh, from, uh, from pleasing uh, the Lord. Uh, and I hope that you see that. But consider him uh, is the biggest motivator of it all. Let's all stand with our heads bowed <coughs> tonight.